This is Teachers Talk Radio and you are listening live. Good afternoon, this is The Twilight Show with me, Seb Ventura. Today we're going to be looking at Mondays, why do they suck, why don't we like them? And also talking about ITT or ECT coordinators. How difficult is that job to do when you're teaching a full timetable as well? So get in touch as usual through the normal ways, Podbean through the website and get involved in the conversation. This is Teachers Talk Radio and you are listening live. Tune in live at ttradio.org or to join in the conversation, download the Podbean app and search Teachers Talk Radio. Follow the hashtag TT Radio. Tune in, talk it out with Teachers Talk Radio. Good afternoon. Just waiting for that to uh, to fade down. That's not the uh, the normal uh, intro that I use. I've normally got my nice Seb Ventura one, but that one's uh, just getting remixed as we've got the new time. So welcome to the Twilight Show. Uh, I, I have to avoid myself saying welcome to the Twilight Zone, uh, although that might be how some of us feel at the moment. Um, yes, make make sure I don't say that in future. Uh, the Twilight Show with me, Seb Ventura. Welcome. Um, this is obviously a slightly different time to what I'm used to. Uh, it's still quite nice and light. It's a Monday vibe. Very, very different to my Thursday drive home where I'm getting a little bit giddy because tomorrow is Friday. It's just got a different flavour. Um, feeling quite fresh, though, because it's the beginning of the week. Um, although this morning was a bit of a struggle. Uh, and that is one of the Topics that I want to dig into with you today to get a bit of feedback from everyone are about Mondays. Why are they so dreaded? What is it about teaching in particular that is hard? I'm sure most people in most jobs don't really like going back to work Monday anyway. But I just wonder if we could get some feedback from you guys, the listeners, about why Monday as a teacher is always difficult. I know I used to struggle because you are always feeling a bit groggy and and having to get up when you've had a couple of lines is hard. And then you imagine how the kids feel and students are obviously the same uh, issue that they've had a bit of a late night over the weekend. And then suddenly they've had to jar their body back into coming back. I think that probably the worst one is after the holidays, isn't it? Where we've all had nice lines and all of a sudden it is a horrific shock to the system. So what else do you hate about Mondays? Is it the fact that you go in and everybody's crowding around the photocopier to get their resources because they've forgotten to do it on Friday and all of a sudden there's a massive queue that you don't seem to get any other Monday morning? Uh, is it that you have to go to a Monday briefing? You might have a staff meeting on a Monday that you don't have every other day when actually you just want to get in and get your lessons ready. You need to go to that and make sure you don't miss any important information. Um, or is there other reasons why you don't like Mondays? Just let us know. Um, I'm going to refrain from singing the song. Uh, in case Bob Geldof decides to um, listen in and sue me or something like that, or or try and charge me, or to charge Teachers Talk Radio some copyright music, but um, we all know what song I'm singing in my head there. Um, and obviously this is not, I don't know if anybody actually knows, I probably drama teachers know, maybe a lot of you don't, but that, the horrific story behind that song about a school shooting in America by Brenda Spencer, which I did a whole scheme of work about, in fact, um, but many people don't know that. And I know that when I was in a young lad, let's say in the 80s, I certainly never knew that it was about that. I just thought it was a, singing a funny song, a catchy title. But it's actually got quite a dark background if you, 
if you read into it and you're so inclined, look her up, Brenda Spencer. She's certainly a, a character. She's got some, certainly had some a very difficult life. Anyway, we digress, we digress, we digress. Um, but before we get into the big, big, juicy uh, main content from today's show, which we obviously will be getting into in a short while, which will be looking at ITT coordinators or ECT coordinators, ITT uh, standing for initial teacher training. Um, and then obviously you've got the early career teachers as well. But anyone who's listening from abroad might not know the acronym. So in the UK, it's ITT, which is a catch-all for people who are in their teacher training year, uh, whether they're an unpaid um, trainee or they're a paid trainee. There's lots of different ways it, it could manifest itself. But anyway, that is what we're talking about. So obviously schools have to have someone who does that, do that important job. Uh, it's very time consuming. I know that it involves quite a lot of paperwork and online um, filling in of forms. Um, I'm not having done it myself. This is just based on the people that I've spoke to who do the role. They always seem quite stressed about it. So we're going to find out a little bit more about that later with my guest, uh, Lisa Marie, who will be joining us around half six. So in the meantime, have a little think if you are um, either a trainee yourself or if you are even better, an ITT coordinator, um, you can get in touch. Let us know. Send me a message about the job. How hard is it? How much uh, admin is involved? Um, and if you aren't a trainee or an ITT coordinator, but maybe you're thinking of taking that role on in the future, then let us know as well. Just get in touch. Just click call in on the pod bean as usual, or just send me a little message in the chat. Um, I can see quite a few people joining us now, and that's great. So just a bit of context. Um, I know some people of my regular fan base, let's say, will may well be thinking, why, why are you on a Monday now, Seb? I used to like the Thursday, four o'clock. Well, in actual fact, it turns out that um, I get quite a lot of downloads. I get quite a lot of listen backs. Uh, but it seems that that four o'clock uh, slot was always a bit of a graveyard shift. And I think we've realised that most teachers are either in meetings then or they're still, you know, tidying up from the day's aftermath or they're getting ready for tomorrow. And it's not always the best time uh, to get people to call in and join the debate. So quite uh, quite fortuitously for me, quite nicely for me, um, I've been moved um, to this slot um, in the hope that I can get my uh, voice out there and we can get more people involved in Teacher Talk Radio on a more reasonable time. Uh, having said that, um, I'm interested also to find out whether people are eating dinner or not, because I had the big debate today of thinking, well, if my show's at six, do I have my dinner before or do I try and get through till 7.30 without having a proper dinner and then be starving at the end of my show? Anyone who knows me will know that I get severe hangry issues. Uh, so it will not be a shock to any of those people who know me that I went for the dinner first option. And to be honest, we'll probably eat after as well um, because that's just what I'm like. Um, but I've done some exercise today, so I, I, can, I can feel a little bit less guilty about that. But anyway, so get in touch because what I'd like to know is A, uh, if you've had your dinner or B, if you're going to have your dinner after the show. And more importantly, for my benefit, what are you having for dinner? Because I had a very boring dinner today of jacket potato. I shan't be repeating that very, very soon. It's a kind of end of the month, uh, struggling to payday kind of dinner, that one. It um, wasn't much fun. But anyway, let me know what are your um, nice dinners, cheap and cheerful dinners that you might be banging out this week. Um, I'm always up for ideas. I'm not fussy. I eat pretty much everything. 
Uh, so let us know. Um, just pop it in the chat. Tell me what we're having for dinner. I think I might make this a regular feature um, because I think it's a, a good one to do at this time of night. I'm not going to be talking about driving home. I'm not going to be talking about the journey. That's all in the past, isn't it? Right. Straight away. Bang. There she goes. S. Cardi coming in with a message. Thank you for that. Um, to join the conversation. Remember, this is not about uh, me doing a monologue. It's a, a live show. You can join in any time. She has said she's eating her dinner during the show. Well, that is a f phenomenal piece of uh, work there from uh, Sarah. She's actually eating and listening to Teachers Talk Radio. Brilliant. Yes, exactly. That's what everyone is saying down here at Teachers Talk Radio. Listen to the crowds. Absolutely brilliant, Sarah. So she's multitasking there very well. Um, and she's having, for those of you that are doing this on the listen back, turkey mints in red curry sauce. Wow. So that is a, I would never have put them two together. That is quite good. I know turkey is quite a good low fat uh, alternative, but I've never would have tried that. That is a Joe Wick special, apparently. Well, kudos to him. Um, so, yeah, so that's um, that's what Ms. Cardi is um is having for a dinner let's let's make this um let's get let's get more people involved let's get more people involved in the twilight show dinner feedback uh only joking but I, I would like to know what you're having for dinner so let me know um and um yeah pop it in the chat let's not let that derail the entire show though although i, I might get sacked if i turn teacher talk radio into some kind of culinary um swapping of recipes it's not uh some sort of daytime tv show is it? it's not loose women or something like that so let, let's keep it on education i think for now so in terms of education um uh, before we dig down into the main uh, event or the main course i was going to say god i'm obsessed with food aren't i um the starter if you like um it's just going to do a bit of housekeeping so new show is at six now on mondays every two weeks with me and you've got rebecca ricketts on the other Monday, um, straight after the, the this show today, there is the Twitter live spaces. So don't go away for that because that will be on at half seven as well. Um, and my bit of breaking news, which I have to share with you as you are all teachers uh, or mostly teachers on Teacher Talk Radio, is I have managed to secure myself a new job. So I'm very pleased with that uh, for September. So I'll be an assistant head in charge of teaching and learning. And I'm very, very stoked, very chuffed with that um because it's a great opportunity an amazing school um and i'm well well looking forward to getting involved with a whole uh new set of students and a whole new staff and uh spreading the teaching and learning uh love across a whole new school i'm not sure they're actually ready for uh some sub ventura vibe yet but they're they're certainly going to get some in september so that's my bit of news just wanted to share that a little bit selfishly but um i know that we're all very supportive on this show um, I had to go through quite a few interviews uh, in the lead up to that for a couple of other jobs that came up um, and other roles that were similar. Um, I'm not going to bore you with all the details, but again, if you do want any support with uh, applying for jobs or interview technique or tips, then I can certainly, I feel certainly qualified to give some of that on the, on the basis um, of the last few weeks of jobs that I've gone to. Every school does it differently of course, but there are a lot of similarities to data tasks and in-tray exercises. And some schools want you to teach lessons, some schools don't. Student panels seem to be quite popular. Um, curriculum meetings seem to be quite popular, meeting middle leaders. Flat leadership seems to be the buzzword. 
um, from my experiences. But anyway, that, that's me going for those kind of roles. It may not be the same for other people if you're going for a teaching role uh, or a different kind of role in a school. But I think that's probably a whole nother show uh, which we'll get into. Um, yep, yeah, Escardi now just messaging there to support that, saying their school has no idea what's about to hit them. Uh, well, let's hope that's in a positive way. Um, I'm sure it is supposed to be, Miss Cardi. Right, so let's um, let's talk about the main event. So very shortly, I will be joined. Um, I'm just looking at my cup of tea that I've made. I've just realised that's a, that's a nice another little thing about doing this evening show. I've had time to make a little cup of tea for myself. Um, is that today's show, I'm going to be joined by Lisa Marie, who is a primarily a dance teacher in Essex. And that is her job. That's what she trained to do. And that is what the bulk of her work is. Now, she's taken on the role of ITT coordinator for her school. I'm not sure how long she's been doing it, but that's a question I'm going to ask her when she joins me and how she got into it. Um, because I, I, I'm always fascinated. I don't know if you are or not, but I'm always fascinated by the routes people take once they've been teaching for, say, three or four years. Not, not everybody wants to go on a promotion route. I know that some people are happy just to be, you know, teaching in the classroom. Nothing wrong with that whatsoever. But I'm always interested in those people who do, who do go down either a pastoral route or a head of department route. Or, or this is another quite common route, which is a, a training route. So people getting involved with helping the next generation, really, of teachers come through. So... Um, that, that, that role is quite an important role, I think, because I don't think you can be an ITT coordinator uh, without being pretty experienced in the classroom. Uh, I think you need to be organised and very good with admin because it seems to be there's a lot of paperwork and drawing things together that needs to go off to the relevant authorities. Um, I think you obviously need to know the standards that the, the, the trainees are uh, trying to hit themselves. You need to know them in order to help them check whether they are. And then... As I discovered this week um, from a meeting that I went to, it's actually very important also to start now, uh, maybe get, well, probably a few months ago, you might have started getting your trainees ready for interviews and, and that kind of thing. But also they have to do a kind of Viva, Viva, whatever you call it, um, to, to, to an external uh, person that comes in and that will ask them questions about their training year and how it's gone in the future. So that, that is also another another big thing that those trainees have to be ready to do. And in fact, today I did lead a session with over 60 trainees online, which was really good fun. Um, and I was actually really not surprised, that's the wrong word, but I was really pleased um, how on it they were. Because I think if you've been teaching as long as me, you can feel like sometimes all trainees all oh, they've got a lot to learn or oh, they've got a lot to learn back in my day this kind of thing which is true because obviously I've, we've got i've got a lot of experience but what you realize very quickly when you speak to trainees in 2022 is that they have been trained in an era of all of this great pedagogy that's out there on all of this support and twitter and things like teacher talk radio and books and amazing articles and websites and there's so much out there podcasts so much that they have been spoiled with all of that. Uh, but they've also been trained more. Uh, I think this is all to do with the golden thread, isn't it? That the, um, that the government put, puts, put through all of these trainees into the ECT programme of knowing about um, neuroscience and knowing about retrieval practice, about memory, all the research that's happened in the last, well, the big 
trend, I suppose, the last five or 10 years of, of uh, teachers being much more research informed um, has obviously now dripped down to trainees. So they are aware of you're having house curve. They are aware of um, these, these well seminal books um, which talk about memory, like the Daniel Willingham book, etc. And I think what that's done is really, really educated, obviously, trainees in a way that we weren't potentially uh, 20 years ago. I mean, I was I was told about VAX, which a lot of people know is quite quite a lot of garbage. But I was I was trained in an era when everybody said there's only four types of learners and you've got to make sure you plan your lesson for your visual learners, your auditory learners, which is, you know, obviously has been quite debunked since then. Um, but yeah, and there's an argument, there's an argument that trends come and go and all of that. But I think the stuff about memory and the 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 cognitive science stuff is is something that psychology teachers have been teaching for years. So um, short-term memory, long-term memory, retrieval, all those things, they're nothing new to so anyone who teaches psychology will tell you they've been around for ages. The you know, the model of memory, the Atkinson model, all the rest of it. So that's not new. All that's new is that teachers now have been exposed to that and we're all a little bit more aware of it. And that has and should affect our practice. So really, really pleased to work with those trainees today um, because they um, they really did um, not surprise me again. Now, they made me just feel really proud that a lot of trainees coming through the system with excellent mentors, it has to be said, that are out there are getting the experience. Although there is, of course, the flip side. There are people I know that are trainees that have not had that good experience, have not had the support they need, are struggling, maybe because of their mentor, maybe their mentor struggling themselves. I don't know, but there's a lot of pressure on those people. So all of these questions and more, I will be uh, digging into with Lisa Marie, my guest. And so I'm going to chuck out to you guys a few of those questions. So what I want to know is, for starters, uh, tell us about if you are a trainee, tell us what your experience has been this year. Tell us what your ITT coordinator, how they work in your school, how much help they've given you. Um, if you are an ITT coordinator already, like Lisa, tell us um, how you manage to teach your normal lessons, keep on top of your own paperwork and your own planning and marking, as well as looking after five, six, maybe more trainees. Uh, what are the key skills involved in a role such as that? I imagine organisation is probably high up there. Um, and also the differences now with this new programme to the old NQT programme, because obviously the ECT programme is you know, a good two years now, um, which obviously has its, its, has its um, nuances as well. And um, yeah, a lot, a lot of those kind of questions we're going to dig into with Lisa. So we're going to have a quick news break. Please don't go away. Um, we will be back shortly and we will be digging into this question about ITT coordinators. Is it, a, is it the impossible job? Can it be done? And how do you make sure that you are effective in this role as well as still not letting your own teaching slip? This episode of Teachers Talk Radio has been made possible with support from Witherslack Group the UK's leading provider of SEN education and care. They're here to support you too through an ever-growing offer of free resources, including webinars, podcasts, articles and events aimed at supporting teaching professionals like you. Visit their website at www.witherslackgroup.co.uk to find out more.
Imagine a world where you were free to focus on sparking curiosity in your students and giving them access to the awe and wonder of learning. A world where you were supported to deliver a truly personalised education to help all your learners achieve their potential. No need to imagine it, because that's exactly what the Oxford Smart Curriculum Service delivers. Seamlessly integrating curriculum, resources, assessment, next steps and professional development, every component of Oxford Smart is connected and working to provide you with a uniquely coherent and responsive service that empowers you and your students with transformational effect. The Oxford Smart Curriculum Service. When everything connects, anything is possible. SteveWoods.co.uk for educational support in IT and computer science. Coming up, I'm delivering a number of courses. Learn to program in Python is a free one-hour course designed to start you on your way into Python coding. Everything works in a browser, so there's nothing to install beforehand. Join me remotely to learn the basics on Wednesday the 8th of June, 4 o'clock to 5 o'clock. Visit SteveWoods.co.uk to start your journey. Are you a state school teacher in England? Why not be a hero this half-term and join me for two days and receive up to 1360 £60 in bursary. Terms and conditions apply. Find out more at stevewoods.co.uk. If you're listening to this, then we know we share one thing in common. A passion for the type of outstanding education that every child deserves. That's what makes us the leading provider of specialist education and care. We need people like you to help us achieve even more. With us, you'll be given all the resources and support you need, offered a clear path to career progression, and be rewarded with some of the best salaries and benefits the industry has to offer. We are with a Slack group. If you'd like to find out more, we'd love to hear from you. Visit www.withaslackgroup.co.uk forward slash careers and be part of our future. This is Teachers Talk Radio and this is Teachers Talk Radio News with Gail Glenn. Two former Tory ministers have called for immediate action from the government to curb rises in student loan interest rates. Former Business Secretary Greg Clark told The Observer, a 12% interest rate on student loans is an outrageous charge that the government must prevent from happening. It is a breach of what students expected, that interest rates on loans would be no higher than market rates and it risks frightening off new students from entering higher education, even in courses like science and engineering, at a time when the economy desperately needs these skills. In April, the Institute for Fiscal Studies has calculated that because of current RPI inflation rates, the maximum interest rate on loans paid by those earning £49,130 or more will rise from current rates of 4.5% to an eye-watering 12% for half a year. In Wales, head teachers have said that some primary schools are not ready to introduce the new curriculum for Wales and would like the choice to delay it. More than half of secondary schools have chosen to delay and will not begin teaching the new curriculum until September 2023. And they were given the option in response to concerns that COVID disruption 
had left schools unable to plan for the new curriculum. NAHT President Karina Hansen, who is also a primary head teacher in Swansea, said, Primary schools have understood that they need to start their new curriculum offer in September. We weren't offered that relaxation, secondary schools were. The reassurance we want is that our accountability partners are also clear that schools will be in different places and will need time to refine their curriculum offer. This has been your latest Teachers Talk Radio News with Gail Glenn. This is Two Minute Tech with Steve Woods, your tech briefing on Teachers Talk Radio. Hello, this week I'm going to talk about virtual tours. Did you know you can go virtually almost anywhere without leaving the classroom? Due to this being an audio podcast, I'd just like to point out to listeners I did air quotes around the word virtually just then. On Sunday, I tweeted a great list to start from, created by Katie Burke of Good Housekeeping. Before you start asking why someone as cool as me is reading Good Housekeeping, a good list is a good list. I'm going to tweet a different virtual tour at TT Radio every day this week. So keep an eye out if you want to pick up a new virtual tour. So what is a virtual tour? They take many forms, but my favourites are interactive. Go to a place like the Louvre and look around, without the need to buy a ticket, queue, and even have an unobstructed view. Use snipping or print screen to make a storyboard, then reflect on your journey for an activity. There are virtual tours for lots of things you wouldn't think of. I found one for the digestion process, where you can look around whilst being swallowed, digested, and yes, it finishes with you being excreted. Lovely. Next time you're looking for a way to explain something, just check and see if there's a virtual tour that can support you. I'll be tweeting at TT Radio 2022 a different tour each day this week. Yet another good reason to check out the TT Radio 2022 Twitter feed. Follow us and tell us what you want to know about tech. I'm Steve Woods and that was Two Minute Tech. Two Minute Tech with Steve Woods. Your tech briefing on Teachers Talk Radio. This is Teachers Talk Radio, and you are listening live. Yes, indeed, you are listening live to The Twilight Show, now with me, Seb Ventura. Now we're going to be discussing ITT coordinators. What a tricky job it is. How do you feel supported as a trainee? And how do you keep those trainees happy whilst also doing your day job? Let us know, get in touch, join the conversation, send a message, or call in through the Podbean app to join the conversation. This is Teachers Talk Radio, and you are listening live. Tune in live at ttradio.org, or to join in the conversation, download the Podbean app and search Teachers Talk Radio. Follow the hashtag TT Radio. Tune in, talk it out with Teachers Talk Radio. Yes, good afternoon. Good evening, really, I should probably say now, shouldn't I? I know, I know the afternoon is after 12. I'm not sure when good evening is. Is it after 6? Well, if it isn't, I'm going to make up a rule. 6 o'clock is evening. So good evening to everyone. Thanks for joining me. Um, hopefully this new time slot 
Uh, we should have a few more listeners, a few more people enjoying the show um, because we're not stuck in the middle of the afternoon where most people are probably still in school, manning a detention, uh, struggling to get home or uh, in generally on a gate duty or something else like that. So um, now we are looking at the evening show with me, Seb, every every other Monday. Uh, Rebecca Ricks, Ricketts will do the other Monday. So every two weeks you'll have me here live as usual in the studio at Teacher Talk Radio um, from 6 until 7.30. That is the new slot. So put it in your diaries. So I'm sure if you've got Podbean, it will alert you anyway, such as the ones of technology. Talking of technology, Steve Woods again there, amazing little, uh, I love that slot. Every week he gives us a little tech uh, tech idea, um, as well as listening to obviously the, the news, which is always lovely and well read, uh, and the support from our advertisers. We also get a lovely bit of tech from Steve. Uh, hello to uh, DJ Sam. I think that's what his uh, avatar name there is. He says, hello, how are you? It's 7.30 in South Africa. Wonderful to hear that. Um, 7.30 in the evening. So you're actually not that far ahead of us, are you there? Um, so, yes, I don't know whether it's hotter there than in South Africa. It's a bit balmy here, a bit kind of warm, muggy. Feels like it's going to rain. Um, but I don't know what it's like in South Africa. But thanks for joining us. It's great to know there's people listening across the world. It kind of does my head in a little bit sometimes when I think about it. And I think I'm sitting here in my little flat and... There's people on the other side of the world listening. But anyway, great to have you in uh, and involved. Thanks for messaging as well. That always makes it good, interactive, makes me feel less like I'm just waffling to myself. So just a quick recap. Uh, we've talked about why we don't like Mondays. Uh, we talked a little bit about uh, some other things going on. Or well, let me just see if this is a, a caller coming in now. We may well have a caller. Uh, just see if that is an actual caller or if it's just a little accident. Might have been a little uh, a little accident caller there. Sometimes people press the calling button on their pockets by accident. But if you did want to call in that person, uh, oh hello, hello, no. Well, it sounded like someone was calling in. I'm not sure whether. Oh, he's trying again. Let me just see if we've got someone here uh, that he's trying to call in. Hello there. Hello. We've got a caller, but we can't hear him. I'm not sure, sure why, but let's give him a second or give her a second. I don't know who it actually is. I can't quite tell, but we've got someone who's connected to the studio, um, but we can't uh, see them or we can't hear them. Sorry, they are connected. Hello, is anyone there? Oh, dear. That's a bit of a shame, isn't it? Someone who wants to call in but can't for some reason. Maybe they've not got a mic on. Maybe they've got a got a, an issue. Hello, hello. Anyone there? Anyone there? Anyone there? Anyone there? He's not muted. He's unmuted. Never mind. All right. Let's just probably just an error. Sometimes it happens. Sometimes people press the button by accident. Well, um, we'll let him go. But thanks for trying. If you were indeed trying, it may well have been an accident. Um, but in fact, I he can always give us another try later, I'm sure. Um, yeah, it's very easy. And Lisa Marie is going to join us now. Uh, she's going to call in and hopefully she'll be able to connect through. Uh, here she comes, and Lisa Ramirez is going to be nice and loud, hopefully, from Essex. Lisa, are you there? Yeah, I'm here. Can you hear me? Loud and clear. Loud yeah. and clear. Are you okay? You had a good day? Yeah, I'm really good, thank you. Very busy day. I've had five lessons and then meetings after school, but yeah, good, thank you. This is the way it goes, isn't it? And were these meetings to do with uh, your ITT job or the other meetings? 
yeah, they were. So I'm a lead subject tutor as well as my um, professional mentor role at my school. So um, now that our ITTs are very nearly at the end of their courses, it's time to set their ECT targets for September. So today we're uh, setting their yeah. individual targets and making sure they're ready for sharing their final evidence bundles in a couple of weeks' time. So that that's um, that's a quite an interesting point straight away. So is it quite common then in your experience that people who are, you know, the coordinators of the actual, all the trainees also end up being mentors as well for a subject? Yeah, sometimes. So I'm not a mentor for a subject within my school. It's a lead subject no. tutor for um, the trainees that are um, on the course through their training provider. But um, I right, feel like I it's, see. yeah, I they see. go hand in hand because it gives you a real insight into um the teaching standards and the workload for them as well as overseeing it for all of them within the school yeah yeah well we're going to talk about workload in a minute because we're going to dig down on your workload as well as theirs um but let's start back at the beginning just to give everyone a bit of context I always like my guests to um introduce themselves as it were so um lisa marie first of all tell us when did you start teaching Okay, so I did my teacher training in 2005. I did the graduate teacher programme um, in performing arts. So I specialised in both dance and drama. Excellent. And that's a long time ago, isn't it, already? That's, <laughs> yeah. uh, that is quite a long time, isn't it? Yeah. So you, so now tell us, obviously, you're not going to tell us every single year from then because we'll be here all night. But tell <laughs> us, um, <laughs> tell us just in a nutshell, how, well, kind of quick, how quickly or which other responsibilities you picked up um, along the way, you know, not every single minute of every day, but just roughly how you develop from being a dance teacher only to having all these extra responsibilities. Um, okay, so in my second year of teaching, I was the AIM Hire coordinator, so picked up a small TLR. Then by my third year, I moved to a school, had performing arts status, and I was working as head of dance. Um, I was quite involved right. with trainee there. Um, after 10 years of teaching in a secondary school, I decided to try primary school just because I was always interested after finishing uni wasn't really sure whether to go primary or secondary so gave it a go um but yeah after two years decided to go back into secondary school that's when I went to the school that I'm at now where I've been for five years um and then yeah it's yep. at the school that I'm at now that I picked up the responsibility of ITT and now ECT coordinator um and I've also done head of faculty role and quality BTEC quality nominee role at this school as well Wow. Yeah, that is, I mean, that is quite common in some ways, especially in the arts, from my experience, that you, you end up getting all those sorts of, especially with the BTEC courses. Um, so I didn't know that about the primary. So what, what happened there? You just went straight into teaching at primary school and then and then came back to secondary. Did you, you didn't have to retrain or anything, did you? No. So if you want to teach in a primary, um, if you've got a secondary qualification, you can change to primary. But the other way around, you have to do some kind of conversion course. Ah. So, yeah. Oh. Um, I got a role as um, like PE and performing arts subject lead and um, from nursery right the way through to year six. But actually, they didn't really have the capacity to allow me to do that. So I ended up taking over a year six class and then a year three class and then yeah, very quickly decided that it wasn't really for me. And I was missing, <laughs> missing secondary, yeah. missing my what, subject. What, just, my I, I, have to, I have to ask you, what was it about primary that you didn't like with, without offending um, people? What, yeah, what was it I, you didn't like? I liked it that the teaching was the most important thing about being in primary school, um, but the planning and the workload was actually really intense. Um, there they also ask you to pick up a subject to lead on, and um, all their teachers do, even their NQTs. Um, I was also in charge of the pupil premium budget and a sports funding budget. So because primary schools haven't got the capacity um, of staff for secondaries, 
you have to take yeah. on many roles. And um, yeah, and like in English and maths, for example, you're teaching a whole unit of work every single week because you've got five hours of English and five hours of maths before you wow. fit in the rest of the curriculum. So yeah, um, being new to it and having not trained in it, the, yeah, the planning was a lot. Yeah, that's interesting. I, th I think it's, it is an interesting one because people in primary normally say they wouldn't be able to do what we do and vice versa. So it, it is interesting to get a don't. I haven't really met anyone before that's done both. So it's, it's interesting to hear, you know, that you went to that and then you came back into secondary. Yeah. Um, right, good. So that's that's the kind of potted history. So when you so how long have you been? Have you been ITT coordinator since the old NQT days? Or has it only been in the last few years you've taken that on? Yeah, I have. So I've done it in the last four years. So I've done, um, yeah, three years as NQT coordinator. And then obviously this last year, since September, we moved over to the ECT. Right. Okay. So, and that is, um, that's probably brings me to a question I was going to ask you later, but it feels like I should go straight into that one, actually. So before we go back to some of the other questions we were going to talk about um, with the role, uh, my first question would be about how you feel I've heard so many mixed mixed views about this. How do you feel about the new program as opposed to the old? What's your where do you stand on it? Okay, so when I first found out about the um, new the new ECT course, I was really excited because it felt like it was a really grown up approach to the training and um, the instructional coaching. I felt like yeah, this is going to be really good. We want our, we want our teachers to develop and be coached, but actually, I feel like. I preferred the old NQT route, if I'm honest. They assume on the ECT that everybody's starting from the same playing field. Um, right. Obviously, that's not how it is. And with the NQTs, it was like we could build a bespoke programme around the people that we've got. So I feel like we're all starting at the same page with the ECTs and everybody's following the exact same core framework. Um, so at the beginning, for example, if you've already worked in the same school that you're starting your ECT at, and you're already used to the rules and the routines and the policies and procedures, you're going yeah, right yeah. back to square one, going over them again. Whereas when trainees were staying at their school as an NQT, you could almost skip over that and get straight yeah. into the curriculum and the planning. So, yeah, it's almost like one size fits all, and that's not really how it works. No, that's what I've heard from NQTs. other people. Yeah, I've heard that from other people as well, that I, I think the coaching was a great idea. I also think the two-year... I, the two-year support as opposed to just one year and then you're left is also a good idea in principle. But for me, I know certainly I came into teaching later. I was older when I came into it. And I, you know, I didn't necessarily have teaching experience, but I know that there were things that I felt like I could jump on a bit more because it was so much more bespoke. I, th I think that's quite restrictive, don't you? If, if people are, let's say if someone's really good and, and like you say, they've been at that school already, that's just holding them back, isn't it? I feel like that, although they have said the ECTs can pick up TLRs, which I think is quite positive. We have got an ECT at my school who has to, who has picked up a TLR this year. But I think now that it's two years, it's going to put our ECTs off developing that a little bit quicker and looking for that responsibility. Mm. And I know that some of our ECTs are interested in promotions now, but are a bit worried because they're still an ECT in September again. Um, and obviously it was done to try and help with the recruitment and retention, but I think the yeah. work of it now for them is quite the opposite. Years ago, you had to create the NQT folder, then they did yeah. away with that. And I always advise the NQTs to keep evidence in case there was ever an issue further down the line if um, they had a yeah. bad observation and they needed to prove um, their evidence against the standards. But now every week, the programme that we are using, we're using Ambition, and they have to 
watch a video, they have to be observed weekly by their mentor. They have to take part in the mentor meeting. There's reading for them to do. It's a lot, it's a lot to cram in and it's difficult for them, I think, to prioritise actually what's what's really important right now. Is it me being online and watching these videos of things that I did back in my training or is it the marking that I've got in front of me, which is going to affect the progress yeah. that I'm teaching tomorrow? So I think, yeah, the ECTs are kind of torn. Um, Ambition recently have had their offset, so I'm interested to see if the feedback they've received changes anything going forward, because I think it's a learning curve for all of them. No, the it is. It is. Yeah. At the moment. Yeah, and, yeah. and we did, I did do a show on this a few weeks back with someone else about uh, who, who was a trainee and he came on. Uh, and was talking about his experiences of it. And obviously he knew no difference, so we couldn't talk yeah. about how it would have been. But but what was interesting is, you know, I think a lot of people that, there's well documented that there are issues with it, but I think everyone is quite supportive that it is a new, whole new thing and it's going to have teething problems as long as those things get maybe sorted out. Um, it just feels like, listening to what you're saying, it feels like a shame that, you know, if somebody's hitting those standards or has already sort of hit those standards in year one, and then they have to go over and do them all again. That just feels like a bit of a waste of time to me. But maybe I've maybe I've misunderstood it. No, you're right. And that yeah, and they're certainly feeling like that. I, I wonder if in a few years, once they've tried this, people will be able to almost fast track the ECT yeah. um, induction. But yeah, I yeah, guess maybe. time will tell. I know that the DFE have done lots of research. Recently, I was involved in a um, research session where I was basically interviewed on how I feel it's going, I could draw an experience from NQT and yeah, the guy that I spoke to, he seemed to be with me. Um, yeah, that it, yeah, needs to, yeah. it needs to work for the teachers because this is their career and this is, yeah, the early career teachers. Well, yeah. Think we want to keep them. I know, and this is the whole irony, isn't it? That all these changes are supposed to be put in to keep retention high and to encourage people into the profession. And we don't want to end up getting even more people out. I mean, yeah. I saw earlier on Twitter something about the numbers for ITT applications are still 6% down on either last year or the year or whatever it was, but they're still not getting people through the door. Yeah, no, you're right. We're still recruiting now. And I know that the provi providers that we're working with are struggling to recruit because, yeah, I just don't think at the moment it's the career that people want to go into, but hopefully that changes. Well, hopefully it will change, but I don't. I don't think the media any helps, does it? Because I don't think we're seen as teachers are not seen as really, really important people in this country, are we? And 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 I think we, that you know a lot of teachers do say oh, we get big holidays, blah blah blah. But most teachers you talk to are always usually overworked and, and stressed. So I, I don't think that's encouraging to people no. who want to get in the into this. Well, I'm just going to pick up a point from S. Cardi. She's just said uh, I'm coaching an ECT myself. And I would definitely agree that trying to prioritise is really tough. So that is, you know, so how much can you help with that, Lisa? How much can you say, do you get even get the time to sit with a, a, a trainee and say, right, let me help you prioritise? Or is it just up to them? Well, I meet with them weekly now. So before I would have um, structured sessions where we're doing the training ourselves. But now my role really now is supporting them, checking their well-being, um, listening to them about the feedback they've received from their mentors. I pop in and I observe them every half term and um, SLT also observe them as well. So yeah, my role now is more about overseeing what the mentors are doing and really providing that support for the ECTs. Um, and yeah, to right, see how yeah. 
And it's it's well been like a big a much bigger part of it now than it used to be. I guess it is, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. Just because, like I said earlier, there's so much that they need to do that it is checking in on them. And yeah, recently we've had to pause a couple of their programs for them just to give them more capacity with the um, GCSE exams and the marking of the coursework. Um, yeah, we've paused it so that they can actually catch up on the workload they've got in school, and then when they get that games time, they can refocus back on the ECT before picking up year two in September. Yeah, that makes sense, doesn't it? It makes sense. Okay, so we'll go, we'll go back to kind of the, the questions that I was going to ask you earlier. So uh, just to talk about yourself, because we've got you on and really appreciate you giving up your time. And I know you've had a really long day as well. So we're really pleased that you're on the show. Have you had your dinner yet, just out of interest? No, not yet. Not yet. What Do you know what you're having? I haven't got a clue. <laughs> okay, good. All right, well, I'll be I, sure to... It. I'm cooking it, but I haven't decided. <laughs> Well, if you make it before half seven, be sure to um, message me so we can tell the listeners because I'm sure they're dying to hear. Um, so, oh, okay, yeah, that's a good, a good shout. Um, I've had my dinner, but I'm already thinking about what I'm going to eat after the show, which is terrible. Um, so, right to get back to what we were talking about, um, you personally. So, you've given up your time to come on. So, I want to find out a bit about yourself, and obviously, all our listeners uh, like to hear the personal view on it, and people can always get involved once Lisa's gone and. and uh, add on to what she said but what I wanted to find out from your personal point of view is what you you obviously take on this role and it's more money and more responsibility etc but you must like doing it you like doing this role I presume yeah absolutely it's definitely the most favorite part of my job I really enjoy it Um, I like being able to get out and about and observe teachers and I love seeing the progression like we do with the pupils that we teach the progression from yeah, that sure. day one where they are just being introduced to the school for something because they've never been in a school to at the end when they're really confident and they are teachers in charge of their classes and the pupils absolutely think that know that they are their teacher so yeah just seeing that progression in just a year is brilliant with the ITTs. Yeah that's really rewarding isn't it to see that when they've come in and they're all you know rabbit in the headlights and by the end you feel like you've helped them get yeah. there that that's really nice and and in terms of you getting into that role was it kind of an accident was it someone coming to you and saying we need someone to do this do you fancy doing it or is it something you actively sort of sort out because you fancied that role yeah I was always interested when I took on my first job as head of department it was a school with performing arts status and we had um PGC students from the Royal Academy of Dance come to our school and we were quite lucky to have big dance departments we were able to host two in our department at any one time we have the undergraduate ballet students come in and just working with those trainee teachers just yeah really developed my confidence in that area and then the ITT coordinator at my school asked if I would be interested in supporting the GTP oh, so you've got a bit of a lightsaber there you've got a lightsaber going on some something's happening I have yeah <laughs> there's like a lightsaber noise there was I don't know whether you've got your phone nearer something that's feeding back I don't know it's gone now but it was like it was like you just had a lightsaber it's very very strange um it's gone now so that's it was very odd um yeah okay cool so so that makes that makes sense how, that you had a kind of interest in it anyway and then that that came up and you kind of flowed into that so what what are the I mean I can imagine some of these but I'd like to hear what your view is on what are the more challenging elements to it what what are, what makes the job ridiculously hard um, the time to be able to see everybody and know your trainees really well and um, the time to catch up with the mentors. It's really important, obviously, to check in with the mentors to see how they are. Um, 
any trainees that are difficult, that's I guess is really mm -hmm. challenging. If yeah. they're not if they're not able to take on feedback right at the very start, I would say to them, you will be the best teacher if you take on feedback. Everybody needs feedback to be yeah. able to yeah. learn and develop and grow no matter how long you've been teaching for. Um and some trainees find that really difficult. Um so yeah, yeah having those conversations with trainees who think that they have already progressed and have already learned everything. Um, yeah, yeah, that's really that's, tough. Yeah, that's hard, I found that the providers that we work with are really supportive. And now that I've been doing it for a few years and um, being able to pick up the phone and speak to the skit leads about right. individual trainees, that really helps. Um, yeah, so if there's a case where we need to put a trainee on a course for concern, for example, having the backing yeah. of the mentor and the provider so yeah just joining all the yeah. dots in the process no, that's good. so you don't you don't have to have that you don't have the stress of having to make that decision you've got someone that above you know someone who's in the organization that the provider that has to make that call is it on your advice or on the mental yeah advice? that's right it's on the yeah the mentor's advice my advice um and then i seek support from my line manager if that's a decision that i think we might be taking and then yeah it's the itt provider that um makes that overall decision and then the meeting's called with yeah. all parties involved. I mean, it's the, it isn't for everyone, is it? That's what we have to remember. And as much as we want more teachers in the profession, it isn't, isn't always for everyone teaching. And I always say this to people, you know, it isn't, it's very, very hard. Um, and not, I just don't believe some people necessarily are cut out for it. And I think, like you say, if you can't reflect and take feedback, that that's, you know, that's a, that's a bit of a worrying worrying trait isn't it to have from the beginning yeah i think when i was doing my teach training they said to us all by september you will know and we will know if this is the right career path for you and mm. yeah stand by that because that first term and um, they're getting to grips with it to, and they're testing it as well to see if it is for them and yeah sure yeah, we yeah. have we have a few that drop out at the beginning and sometimes it's the case that the school isn't necessarily right for them and they change their yeah. place and then yeah, yeah, yeah excel and do really well so yeah sometimes there could be a breakdown in relationships with the mentor so yeah there's quite a lot of things yeah i was gonna say yeah there's quite a lot of issues actually isn't yeah. there it isn't, yeah. isn't just about the individual it could be the school setting or like you say or, or different relationships because it is so much about successful schools is about relationships i think um okay that's good so just to go away from that kind of controversial element and more to the hard thing about the job that you mentioned with time so if you've got a if you've not got enough time and you've got to find more time you'd obviously ideally like if i was to give you five extra hours a week presumably you'd want to spend more time watching the trainees and what and, and meeting with the mentors so if you can't do that what how what suffers do, do you find your own teaching suffers or have you been doing it long enough that that doesn't matter now that you can you can get away with that a little bit yeah i think i've been doing it long enough that i know that my own planning and my own lessons are good enough um, mm -hmm. yeah, I think if it was early on in my career, I think I would have found it really difficult with the planning and the workload. Yeah. Um, but no, I've made changes to the role as I've gone along. So when I first picked it up, I was shadowing a member of SLT who was doing it and she had her sessions after school. So the trainees and the NQTs would come after school. And mm -hmm. yeah, after a couple of years, I asked if I could build it into the timetable. So I use one of my free lessons and it's allocated yeah. to ITT professional studies once a fortnight yeah. and having it on the timetable just means that that time is protected i'm not going to be used yeah. for cover and then i plan that session as if it was a lesson and because it's in the school day um the trainees see it as 
a little bit more important, yeah, I guess. Of course. They're not timetabled then. Their mentors know that that's their time with me. And I think, yeah, yeah. it's more successful. And it also means that we can carry out learning walks together. We can target yeah, sure. and go and see them in action rather than it just being just the catch up and a bit of training after school. It's a lot more productive. Yeah, that sounds like an absolutely brilliant shift there that you've done in, and you've looked at the setup and thought, how can I make this better? Because I, I know meetings after school are tough enough, aren't they? For Even for uh, a qualified teacher, it's hard enough to have to then sit through a meeting that maybe, you, you know, you're tired or you've had a long day or you're, all you're thinking about is getting your lessons ready for the next day. So I, I think that is really definitely a, a really good idea you've put in there. Uh, so, you, I mean, obviously you can, you're able to do that because you've been teaching a long time. Um, but I guess it still puts a lot of time pressure on you, doesn't it? Just all spinning all those plates all the time. Do you, do you think, are there certain skills that you have as a person that enable you to do this job well, Lisa, do you think? Yeah, I guess choosing the right mentors for the trainees. Right. The UCT, yeah. So trusting, um, yeah, trusting their advice and their judgment on them. Um, just carrying out some joint observations with the mentors so that you know that you're on the same page so that when those reports are coming back, you know that yeah. they're seeing what you're seeing. But that's tricky, isn't it? Because I, I know of some schools where they've got, you know, let's say a subject where they've not got many experienced staff and then the, the mentor has to be someone who's not actually that experienced themselves. Um, and then that, you know, you're in a position where they can't, you haven't got any, you know, it's like beggars can't be choosers. They have to use that person. Um, and that's tricky, isn't it? Because you've someone's got to be the mentor, presumably. Yeah, absolutely. But then we are able to have sub mentors. So right. we've got ITTs this year that have got a main mentor and then a sub mentor, which is really helpful for building their timetable because then you know that you've got two teachers in the department working on yeah. them. One might be doing just general teaching learning and the other one's going to really look at the subject knowledge. Yeah, oh, that's good then. Yeah, that is good. So what about your skills? What do you think are your top three skills that you have as a person that make you good at that job? Because I'm sure organisation must be up there, surely. Yeah, organisation for sure, because um, you have to be on top of timeline yeah. um, timeframes to make sure that reports and observations done in a timely manner um, and just yeah. planning my time, how I'm using it for learning walks and observations. Um, I suppose positivity. Well. I mean, I'm putting words in your mouth here, but yeah. I'm, just thinking, <laughs> I, I'm just thinking of things. You've had a long day. I'm just thinking of things that I would think, you know, like obviously organisation that would terrify me the amount of deadlines that you have to hit and not miss um, but surely also positivity and energy because you know for, for you to be dealing with people who are struggling and uh, you know sometimes but just the demands of having trainees must be you've got to stay positive haven't you you can't be getting yeah. grumpy yourself yeah and definitely like the relationships you build with them because we need we need the trainees if there's an issue in school we need them to come to me first before they go to their training provider with a problem so building up that relationship yeah. with them so that they're comfortable coming to find me i say to them all the time my door's open you can email me you can come and find me if you've yeah. got an issue yeah. I'll help you sort it as if they were a member of staff within the school of they course yeah somebody um yeah and then yeah positivity i definitely agree with that yeah one. well so as cardi just uh come in there and, and agreed with that and said being personable and approachable she's saying are, are key skills that you need to have which are kind of echoing what you yeah, just said exactly. isn't it yeah um okay and so would you advise would you give uh, recommend this job to other people if someone said to you well, i really want to be an itt coordinator or would you have any words of 
warning for someone who was wanting to do this role? No, I would definitely recommend it. Definitely. Um, good. That's good to hear. Yeah, words of wisdom. Yeah, just it's just about getting out and about in the school, knowing your staff, being able to pop in and observe those lessons, and being confident, giving feedback. Yeah, no, that's good. I think being out and about, I think that's good advice to anyone, anyone who's in a teaching and learning role, whether it's ITT or coaching or whatever, I think you've got to get to know what's going on out there because otherwise you, you know, you don't know what's happening in the classroom. Um, oh, S. Cardi's added another one. Thank you for that contribution. She's saying you need to be happy to have difficult conversations. Yeah, what do you think of that? Yeah, no, you definitely need to, um, especially yeah, when a trainee or a mentor, even if they're not performing. Mm. Um, as expected, then yeah, you need to have those difficult conversations with them. And then also making sure that everything is recorded and you've got that evidence so that if somebody isn't meeting the teaching standards, you've got the evidence there. So we rag the trainees and ECT so we know where they're at. Um, yeah, and that yeah. helps with any reports as well. Excellent. Good. All right. Well, listen, I, I'm aware that how late it's getting and how, how you know, close to your dinner you are. Um, <laughs> so I really appreciate it after having a full day and a meeting after school that you spared some time for Teacher Talk Radio. Um, massive, massive thanks to you for coming on tonight, Lisa. You're welcome. Thank you for having me. You're welcome. Absolutely welcome. And um, I'm sure that's given a lot of people some food for thought about teaching in general, as well as um, doing the role that you do. So have a lovely evening. Thanks for joining us. Lovely. Thank you. Goodbye. Take care. See you later. And that was uh, Lisa Marie. I kept saying Lisa. I'm not sure she likes that. Uh, Lisa Marie there, um, who is from a school in Essex, and she is an ICT, ECT coordinator and given us a really, really lovely um, a, an overview of the role itself, what she has to do, the challenges of it, and, and also, more importantly, what she loves about it. Because I think that is something that we we don't always share with people about our, our jobs, uh, what we actually, what we love about them uh, and, and why why we like doing them. So um, lovely jubbly. So thanks very much to, to Lisa again, uh, Lisa Marie, for joining us uh, and giving us her time. We always appreciate on Teacher Talk Radio. The lines are still open, of course, um, on the Teacher Talk Radio. If you're listening through the website or if you're listening through your phone, uh, click call in. Uh, you can also just send me a little message, as some people have done, a few people liking the show. So thanks to DJ Sam and other people that have joined us. We've got a nice big group of people listening in. So I'm really enjoying this new slot on a Monday night. Um, hope we're not all feeling too knackered and too stressed. It is the last week of term, remember, as well. So uh, I think for 99% of people that will be applying, unless you're potentially listening in another country, as we have heard earlier. So most of us are going to be looking forward to um, a lovely week off uh, once we struggle and crawl to Friday of this week. So that's something to really look forward to. Um, and we'll uh, we'll have a little chat about that at the end of the show. So that was Lisa Marie. Um, and she has given us some good insight on that area. Um, the lines are open for you to join the conversation. We're trying to find out um, if you are a trainee, definitely call in. Definitely give me a message and tell us how your training's going. If you're someone that trained a few years ago, you can call in and talk about how your training was in the, back in the day compared to how you think it is now. And even more importantly, if you are a some sort of ECT or ITT coordinator listening to the show, then you must, must let us know uh, how you find the role in comparison uh, to Lisa Marie. So we're going to have a quick news break. Don't go away. Um, when we get back, we're going to be digging into some other different areas. We're going to be talking about why we don't like Mondays. Uh, we're going to be talking about uh, this role itself. 
and potentially some more dinner chat if we're lucky. This episode of Teachers Talk Radio has been made possible with support from Witherslack Group, the UK's leading provider of SEN education and care. They're here to support you too through an ever-growing offer of free resources, including webinars, podcasts, articles and events aimed at supporting teaching professionals like you. Visit their website at www.weatherslackgroup.co.uk to find out more. Imagine a world where you were free to focus on sparking curiosity in your students and giving them access to the awe and wonder of learning. A world where you were supported to deliver a truly personalised education to help all your learners achieve their potential. No need to imagine it, because that's exactly what the Oxford Smart Curriculum Service delivers. Seamlessly integrating curriculum, resources, assessment, next steps and professional development, every component of Oxford Smart is connected and working to provide you with a uniquely coherent and responsive service that empowers you and your students with transformational effect. The Oxford Smart Curriculum Service. When everything connects, anything is possible. Stevewoods.co.uk for educational support in IT and computer science. Coming up, I'm delivering a number of courses. Learn to program in Python is a free one-hour course designed to start you on your way into Python coding. Everything works in a browser, so there's nothing to install beforehand. Join me remotely to learn the basics on Wednesday the 8th of June, 4 o'clock to 5 o'clock. Visit stevewoods.co.uk to start your journey. Are you a state school teacher in England? Why not be a hero this half-term and join me for two days and receive up to 1,360 £60 in bursary. Terms and conditions apply. Find out more at stevewoods.co.uk. If you're listening to this, then we know we share one thing in common. A passion for the type of outstanding education that every child deserves. That's what makes us the leading provider of specialist education and care. We need people like you to help us achieve even more. With us, you'll be given all the resources and support you need, offered a clear path to career progression, and be rewarded with some of the best salaries and benefits the industry has to offer. We are with a Slack Group. If you'd like to find out more, we'd love to hear from you. Visit www.withaslackgroup.co.uk forward slash careers and be part of our future. This is Teachers Talk Radio and this is Teachers Talk Radio News with Gail Glenn. Two former Tory ministers have called for immediate action from the government to curb rises in student loan interest rates. Former Business Secretary Greg Clark told The Observer a 12% interest rate on student loans is an outrageous charge that the government must prevent from happening. It is a breach of what students expected, that interest rates on loans would be no higher than market rates and it risks frightening off new students from entering higher education, even in courses like science and engineering, at a time when the economy desperately needs these skills. In April, the Institute for Fiscal Studies has calculated that because of current RPI inflation rates, the maximum interest rate on loans paid by those earning £49,130 or more 
will rise from current rates of 4.5% to an eye-watering 12% for half a year. In Wales, head teachers have said that some primary schools are not ready to introduce the new curriculum for Wales and would like the choice to delay it. More than half of secondary schools have chosen to delay and will not begin teaching the new curriculum until September 2023. And they were given the option in response to concerns that COVID disruption had left schools unable to plan for the new curriculum. NAHT President Karina Hansen, who is also a primary head teacher in Swansea, said, Primary schools have understood that they need to start their new curriculum offer in September. We weren't offered that relaxation. Secondary schools were. The reassurance we want is that our accountability partners are also clear that schools will be in different places and will need time to refine their curriculum offer. This has been your latest Teachers Talk Radio News with Gail Glenn. This is Two Minute Tech with Steve Woods, your tech briefing on Teachers Talk Radio. Hello, this week I'm going to talk about virtual tours. Did you know you can go virtually almost anywhere without leaving the classroom? Due to this being an audio podcast, I'd just like to point out to listeners I did air quotes around the word virtually just then. On Sunday, I tweeted a great list to start from, created by Katie Burke of Good Housekeeping. Before you start asking why someone as cool as me is reading Good Housekeeping, a good list is a good list. I'm going to tweet a different virtual tour at TT Radio every day this week. So keep an eye out if you want to pick up a new virtual tour. So what is a virtual tour? They take many forms, but my favourites are interactive. Go to a place like the Louvre and look around, without the need to buy a ticket, queue, and even have an unobstructed view. Use snipping or print screen to make a storyboard, then reflect on your journey for an activity. There are virtual tours for lots of things you wouldn't think of. I found one for the digestion process, where you can look around whilst being swallowed, digested, and yes, it finishes with you being excreted. Lovely. Next time you're looking for a way to explain something, just check and see if there's a virtual tour that can support you. I'll be tweeting at TT Radio 2022 a different tour each day this week. Yet another good reason to check out the TT Radio 2022 Twitter feed. Follow us and tell us what you want to know about tech. I'm Steve Woods and that was Two Minute Tech. Two Minute Tech with Steve Woods. Your tech briefing on Teachers Talk Radio. This is Teachers Talk Radio, and you are listening live. Uh, good evening. This is the Twilight Show with me, Seb Ventura, from 6 or 7.30 every other Monday. Tonight, we're going to be talking about why we don't like Mondays, what we have for dinner as teachers, because that's a, a very important issue, and also coordinator roles such as ITT and ECT. How can you manage to do that and still teach some really, really good lessons? This is Teachers Talk Radio, and you are listening live. 
Tune in live at ttradio.org or to join in the conversation, download the Podbean app and search Teachers Talk Radio. Follow the hashtag TT Radio. Tune in, talk it out with Teachers Talk Radio. Yes, good evening uh, indeed. That is not my normal jingle, as you may well know, uh, because we've uh, slotted me in at the evening slot now. So nice uh, to be doing this uh, a little bit later on a Monday night. And so hopefully that means more people can join me, uh, which is why it's not my, uh, my normal jingle there. But I'm sure we can get that sorted for a couple of weeks time. So we've talked about quite a bit already. And if you have missed uh, some of it or you're just joining us, don't forget, you can always listen back. Uh, through the website, the listen back function, all the shows, all the old shows there. You can binge those until your heart's uh, content. Um, and then also you can still also download them from Spotify uh, by searching up the different shows uh, and finding the ones you want to listen to. There's lots and lots to choose from. So I hope you've had a good Monday. It's the last Monday of term. Um, not quite the last Monday of May, but certainly is the last Monday of term. Uh, I'm sure people are gearing up for some big ballyhoo celebrations next week. Union Jack flags everywhere you look already. Um, no comment for me on that. Uh, now, we're also going to look at um, why people do find Mondays difficult, in particular teachers. Uh, some I've had a few tweets from different people, so I'm going to let you know what they think. Somebody said it's just all about the sleep. Um, I'm feeling just the routine of being, having to be sleep deprived and operate. And obviously, as the week goes on, you kind of get used to it, your body clock gets used to it, and it does become easier. Um, so it is mainly to do that. Also, the fact that kids are often, well, I say often, sometimes they can be a bit crazy on a Monday because they've been out of their routine, or maybe they are tired. But it can work the other way. I remember having a class that um, I used to teach first thing on a Monday, and it was an, a year eight group. And you would think, oh, they're going to be hyper. And actually, they were always very, very tired and slow, and it often took me 10, 15 minutes to get them warmed up and no one wanted to answer any questions. So it can have a, can have a flip side where you might want them to be calm. But actually, do you want them that calm that they that they don't really get involved? Um, I was feeling very muggy, isn't it? Where I am, I don't know how hot it is where you are. But at the moment, I can feel dark clouds are, are gathering outside my window here. And it feels very muggy. Like, you know, that feeling when it's just about to rain because it's been hot. I don't know what is going on with the weather this week or the last few days, but it seems to be we're in a trapped in a cycle of hot weather, really hot weather, and then pouring down rain and then just on, off, on, off, um, which is not unusual, I suppose, for England. But anyway, that's what it's like. If you're listening from abroad, um, I'm just painting you a picture of what uh, it's like in the UK at the moment. So, yeah, so don't like Mondays. Is it because you don't want to stand by the photocopier because everybody's remembered that they didn't do it Friday night because they're in a rush to get out or go to the pub or get home? And they've thought, I'll do it Monday. Yeah, I'll do the photocopier Monday. Yeah, do it Monday. Don't mind. I'll do it in the morning. And then you come in in the morning. Um, not that any of you sound like that horrific, exaggerated Jamie Oliver creature that I just said. But, you know, you know, everybody, there was a tendency. What I mean, otherwise, let me know because I don't understand what the reason is. What is the reason why the photocopying queue is always 10 times worse on a Monday morning? It can only be that people haven't done it Friday because they've, they've forgotten or they're just in a rush to get out. Because we all want to start our weekend, don't we? We just don't want to end our weekend. So suddenly coming back Monday morning and realising you've got 30 worksheets you didn't photocopy and then standing there while it's five other people have had the same issue and then the paper runs out. 
just when it gets to you and then the toner doesn't work and then it starts beeping and then you're getting stressed and then you're tired and then someone comes tells you've got to do cover so you know there's there's lots of things that can happen on a monday which are probably normal things but 10 times worse on a monday morning so let me know if you want to still join in that discussion that is absolutely fine uh we did have it a bit earlier in the show but we've still got a good 15 minutes or so left um so if you fancy uh let me know just send me a text uh on the message box uh, or you can click call in at any time and tell me why you don't like mondays um or in fact you might like mondays i'm i'm only doing this because obviously that it's a monday today and my show has moved to monday and i feel a little bit like thursday night i was a bit more excitable because it was friday the next day and although monday night is nice because it's later and i've got more more people i hope listening in because you're all at home now and you're not stuck and stuck in school the flip side is it's um yeah, it's just a different vibe Monday night, isn't it? Monday nights. I mean, what else are you going to do? If you're not listening to Teachers Talk Radio, what else are you going to be doing other than making your dinner? Yeah, I suppose you might be watching Netflix or you might be getting yourself doing a bit of prep for tomorrow or, or not, or just chilling with your on your own or with a partner or with friends. Let me know. But um, most importantly, let me know whether you're having, have had your dinner yet, because this is a big, big debate we had earlier. If the show starts at six, do you class that as the evening? When does the afternoon finish? We all know that afternoon is 12, but when is the evening? You know that thing when you see people and, and you sort of, you see someone in the corridor and it's like 10 past 12 and you see them and you go, oh, oh morning. And you get those people who go, good afternoon, you mean? And it is very irritating, but it obviously is technically correct. So when someone corrects you about that, it's a bit like, oh, well, I didn't actually notice what time it was. I've been busy all day. But it is just a kind of, maybe it's a British thing that we all, that we always do and, and correct people if they say, oh, good morning. Oh, well, it's actually the afternoon, isn't it? Uh, and some people don't even know whether it's the morning or the afternoon because their day's been so horrific. They, they don't even know what, what time of the day it is. So that's, that's kind of a, a bit of a observational stuff there. But I think the evening's a tricky one. I don't, I don't know anyone that would say, oh, good, good afternoon. Don't you mean evening? I just don't think that happens, does it? Because it's not that same, you don't have that same cutoff point that you do with, with noon, where it's clearly one is morning, one is afternoon. I don't know, interesting that. I've got myself in a real wormhole thinking about that. Mm. Well, anyway, let us, let us know what you think. I'm going to Google it. As soon as the show finishes, I'm going to Google it. When is the evening? Uh, to see if there's actually any sort of law, technical law about it. I don't think there can be. Surely I would know by now. But anyway, the point I'm trying to get to is it is now the evening. This is the twilight show, not the uh, the dinner time show or the evening show, but it is the twilight show. So I'd like to know, um, did you eat before the show started? Are you eating now? So S. Kylie earlier told me she was having turkey mince with red curry sauce, which apparently is a Joe Wicks recipe. I myself had a jacket potato, which was very boring. And I'm now so hungry, I'm probably going to have to have another dinner in a moment. Um, so let me know. It would be good to find out what the, the edu Twitter teachers talk radio uh, teachers community dinners are tonight and just get an idea of what you're eating. Uh, and also, if you are abroad, what, what are you eating? You know, what interesting uh, exotic foods are you potentially eating? So let me know. Just again, it's said easy. You just pop it in the text. I'm going to put a message in now, show you how easy it is. Obviously, you can't do this if you're listening back. Apologies if you are listening back. Um, I'm going to type this in now to show you how easy it is. 
and then you can just send me a message back and um, let me know. So I'm going to bang, 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 bang. What is the dinner planned for you tonight? And that can go out to anyone who wants to answer or call in. Uh, so in addition to that, we had Lisa Marie earlier. So thanks again to her. I have to give her a big shout out. I always do to my guests because teaching is busy enough as it is without giving up your time to join uh, in with these shows. So I really massively, massively appreciate all of my guests that have been on in the last uh, 18 months or so. But thank you to Lisa for giving up her time uh, when she'd been teaching all day and had meetings after school. Bless her. That is, um, that's a tough gig. Um, so yeah, Lisa's role is she is a ITT uh, ECT coordinator. So what we talked about earlier, if you missed it, was a bit about the role itself. But what I'm interested in from you guys listening is do you do any role? So that could be anything. It could be an assistant head role, a leadership role. It could be a head of year role. It could just be, well, I say it could be, you could be a form tutor. That is a role within itself. But what do you do? How do you balance that role with your teaching load? So the, the reason I'm, I'm, I'm sort of obsessing a bit over this is because, um, as I mentioned earlier, I've got a, a new job starting in September. So one of the questions on the interview for me was, uh, how will you cope with the, the, the load of the job? Uh, and, you know, it was a well-being question, really, but they were asking me about, will I be able to cope with balancing um, the role with my teaching? Now, of course, I've done that role before, so I didn't mind, uh, I didn't mind the question because I was happy to explain how and how I use keeping fit and cycling to de-stress. But really, the question is more about how do you balance it? Because ultimately, we all have these extra roles that come along. Well, not everyone, but most teachers usually have something that they're responsible for and some extra bit of money. Uh, it might just be a small increment for like a, maybe a minor role. It could be a, ma a bigger one if you're on leadership. Um, but we all have these that kind of can... I feel take over sometimes and you come into work and even though you're still employed as a teacher, you, you might have less hours or whatever it is, but sometimes those roles can become really, really important. So if, I guess this is the same for heads of year. If head of year, you can get in touch and let me know, but heads of year I've spoken to will say the same thing. They come in in the morning and from the second they walk in, they're dealing with issues with people in their year group. And if they've got to teach a lesson, first lesson, that's obviously their priority, but... Um, it can get very, very quickly derailed by a parent's waiting in reception or you've got an email you've got to deal with. And it's the same for any role. So talking to Lisa was interesting about how she um, how she copes. And I think a big part of it is organisation. I, I just don't think, even if you've been teaching a long time, in this day and age, I don't think you can get away with blagging it um, anymore I mean you might be able to do it the odd lesson that maybe you've taught that lesson 10 times in the past and you know the lesson inside out you don't need the plan you don't necessarily need the resources you you know you can do that lesson you can wing it but ultimately what I'm trying to get to is that if you're not organized if you're not super super on it in terms of you get all your stuff ready even if it's the day before I don't think there's anything wrong with that I don't think there's anything wrong with staying a bit late or working in the evening the night before to get everything ready for that day and often that's how people survive. I, I sometimes survive on a day-to-day -day basis, um, which is not great because you feel like, oh, you should be a bit more strategic. You should be planning ahead. But sometimes it is about, I can't think about that year nine lesson on Wednesday till I've got through Tuesday. And then when I've got through Tuesday, I'm looking in the evening thinking, right, make sure I plan that. Because otherwise, if you, if you cut corners, either the teaching suffers, the students suffer, 
and it's okay now and again, isn't it? Because it's not going to mean somebody's grade's going to plummet from one bad lesson. But, you know, it, it consistently it can have that effect. Um, and in addition, it can also be tricky because you might damage the relationships. It only takes one bad lesson with a group of kids for them to lose a bit of faith in you. Um, you know, maybe you have two or three lessons like that where you've not been organised or you're not been on it. I'm talking from experience here, but, you know, I'm sure people kind of agree. If you don't agree, then please call in and tell me to shut up. But, you know, I, th- I think what I'm trying to get at is you can you can cut corners maybe here and there, but if you do it too much and it happens to affect the same class that maybe you always have them on a Friday period five or you always have the Monday period one and you're not quite ready for them, then suddenly it can mean that that, that class is not maybe as on it as your other classes. That That's just me talking from experience. Uh, maybe, maybe I'm going off on one. Uh, but anyway, the point of it is, is that these roles that we do, and Lisa spoke really lovely well about this. If you take on a role uh, in addition to teaching, uh, then sh- the teaching still has to be at the forefront. And th- this was kind of the answer I gave in the interview when they when they asked me about this and said, oh, um, how would you balance it? Um, and I talked about stress and I talked about being organised, but I also said at the end of the day, the lesson has to take the priority. So if I've not quite done what I needed to do for my other roles, um, then, you know, I can always explain that to my line manager or can always make a, an excuse or can always say, can I have an extension. What you can't do is rewind time when you've taught a bad lesson or repair a relationship that's that's damaged because you've been a bit, you know, sloppy perhaps in your teaching and you haven't been as organised and you haven't planned for somebody's certain needs etc so I think we are I know it sounds cheesy but it is true that the, the lesson needs to take the priority the kids always have to take the priority over whatever role you do even if you're an assistant head deputy head whatever it is that that lesson has got to be the most and sometimes it's nice sometimes you're in those lessons and you can't be doing your other role I used to find sometimes it's an escape from the pressures of another role because when you're in front of 30 kids and you teach them a lesson that's all that matters and it doesn't matter about whether you've 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 done your action plan or whether you've you know done something that you should have done in another part of your role. Um, as long as it's not something you know urgent or or like a safeguarding issue, obviously. But if it's something like oh, you needed to send a letter out to parents and you've you haven't got it to the office in time, well, it might go out a bit later. But you, there's nothing you can do when you've got kids in front. You can't walk off like any other job. You might be able to just put someone else in charge for ten minutes or cover me while I pop outside and you know, have a cigarette like you could in an office job. You can't do that in a in a school. You can't do that when you've got kids in front of you. Um, and so, yeah, that's where it gets challenging. But it's interesting also, Lisa Marie mentioned that she'd just done a five-period day. And I always think that's fascinating, um, people in those kind of roles. If you've got a five-period day and you're maybe on duty at lunch and a break duty, and then she's had meetings after school, when, when has she actually had a break? Has she had time for herself to grab a cup of tea or even get fresh air or even just, you know, do something for herself, have 10 minutes out of that busy day. I'm not sure people always give themselves time because schools are quite intense places, aren't they? Um, So anyway, just before I forget, I need to, um, we've only got about five minutes left. So if you want to join the conversation, please do. I've got the lines will be open until at least half past seven or just before. So we've got a good five minutes. Anything I've said today about Mondays, dinners, ICT, roles, balancing, any any of those topics, I really don't mind. If you just want to phone in and chat about teaching, I really don't mind at this point. Just give us a call in or send me a message. Um, but what I must do before we finish is just talk about 
um, what's coming up. Obviously, I'm only on every two weeks, so I will join you uh, in two weeks' time when we've all had a lovely week off. So I will be the dreaded Monday back after the holidays, and Rebecca will be on uh, in my place next Monday, so she's got the nice half-term show. Uh, so that will still be going on at the time of six. Um, in terms of today, um, please stay tuned because we have back-to-back shows now. So at 7.30, uh, we move on to the Twitter spaces. And today, I believe uh, this Emily Followant show is uh, running the Twitter space. I might be wrong, but I think Emily's running that. So get involved, uh, TT Radio 2022. Um, get involved in the Twitter space. Uh, and there's all sorts of conversations going on there. And then later on, the late show now um, is at 9 and, and that is uh, Shaniqua Edwards-Haid. Um, and I'm not sure what she's doing tonight. I know she did something the other week. I think it was about homework. Uh, I'm not 100% um, on what her topic is, but that's at 9. So uh, if you've not had enough Teacher Talk Radio uh, off from me uh, and you want to continue listening tonight, we have got back-to-back uh, shows right through the evening. Um, it's not just me. Uh, there's lots more coming on. Oh, Lisa Marie seems to have uh, joined us back. I wonder if she can tell us what she had for dinner because uh, she left us hanging like a, a soap opera earlier when she said, um, I'm not sure what I'm going to have for dinner. I might get a takeaway. And I think the whole listeners of, of on my show, the millions of people listening in were, it was like Scott and Charlene. It was one of those moments there, um, showing my age there. Uh, it's one of those, oh, who shot JR would be another 80s reference for some people who don't understand. Right. She is saying, get ready, drum roll. She is having lamb, kebabs and rice. Uh, but well done, Lisa. She is about to cook it. So she didn't go down the takeaway route. I mean, anybody getting a takeaway a couple of days before payday, that is, I think, pretty good going. That's pretty decadent in my view. Um, I will certainly be ordering a takeaway on Friday when I get paid. Um, and I will be treating myself to something very tasty. I'm thinking of fish and chips. I think that's what I fancy today. I, I cycle past a chip shop and a big waft of salt and vinegar and batter came came out and i thought oh i'm gonna kill that on friday with a nice with a nice beer um so anyway that's my that's my plans for friday i've still got to get through tonight haven't i um i think i'm a bit obsessed with food i think a lot of my friends tell me this and i, and I don't i don't uh, believe um that i am obsessed with food but I, all my best friends tell me that I, it's all i talk about so i have to take their word for it um and a quick shout out for millie uh, Millie is one of our youngest listeners, probably is one of the youngest listeners to Teach Talk Radio. Um, so hello to Millie uh, listening in. Uh, there may be younger listeners, I'm afraid, Millie, than you. Uh, there may be babies sitting in prams or there may be uh, young children that are subconsciously uh, or surreptitiously listening to, uh, you know, subliminally. Is that the right word? I keep changing my words. Uh, listening to Teach Talk Radio uh, through osmosis in their cots. Um, but I know that Millie is, um, oh, Millie actually wants to be a teacher as well. I can't remember how old Millie is, um, but I know she's um, a young'un. And if she wants to be a teacher after listening to me waffling on, then uh, good luck to her. But um, no, that's great. We we want to, um, oh, she's eight and a half. So Millie's eight and a half. So hello to Millie. Um, and if she wants to be a teacher, good luck to her. Um, we need we need new people in the profession all the time. No, maybe we don't need eight and, eight and a half year olds to be in the profession, Millie. You don't have to start teaching now, um, but certainly we're going to want you when you're a bit older because um, the way we're going, there won't be anybody left at this rate. Um, yeah, but I must end on something positive, which is, uh, as I said earlier, I did a training session today for 60 uh, skip trainees online looking at um, 
using some active strategies and some, uh, some, some drama techniques in their teaching to kind of mix it up a bit. And I was just really blown away. I don't know if any of them are listening. Uh, really blown away by the, the comments they made and that their ideas were so good and they were so up to date with recent uh, evidence-informed practice and with their pedagogy. And it does really make you feel good inside to think that the teachers of tomorrow uh, are, are coming through and they're, and they're really, really on the ball and they're not all uh, jaded or giving up just yet. So that's um, that's really that was really heartwarming and really positive. And I hope that they are. Um, as I say, it's not for everyone, but there's the, if we don't have young people coming through the profession, um, we're going to be uh, right up somewhere that I can't say because there was young listeners. A certain creek, we will be up without a paddle. Uh, okay, so we're just coming towards the end now. Uh, it's just coming up to half past seven. Uh, our Monday night, the 23rd of May. I um, uh, hope you've had a lovely weekend and that Monday wasn't too harsh. And I hope I've helped you get over that bump um, and I've given you some food for thought. Thanks again to Lisa, who uh, gave us some really, uh, Lisa Marie gave us some really nice, um, interesting uh, points actually about the role she does, why she does it, the challenges and why she loves it. So that is great to hear. And, and encouraging to anyone else who wants to take on that kind of role. Like I said, there are loads of roles within teaching, uh, as well as teaching lessons, uh, that you can help improve, you know, improve your pay, help you develop as a person and, and keep going through your career. Uh, there's lots of career opportunities in teaching. I think it's one of the strongest things about it, um, you know, as well as the vibe of working with people, people and holidays, etc. I think it's one of the good things is that there actually is some really good room for progression if you want that. And again, I always say this, if you want that, because some people don't, they just want to be a teacher, nothing wrong with that. They want to teach lessons, maybe want to be head of department and that's it. Perfectly fine. Love it. Love it. There's people who want to do that. Um, just trying to open it up to everybody. So uh, that was my first Twilight show. I've enjoyed it. I've enjoyed doing a, um, I've, I've enjoyed doing a Monday night. It's been very surreal because now, I feel like it's Friday tomorrow because I've done a year and a half of Teacher Talk Radio. I started in January 2021. Uh, so I've now done a year and a half of these shows, guys. And I feel like, you know, when you do something over and over again, you get so used to it. I am literally going to wake up tomorrow morning thinking it's Friday because I always do my show on a Thursday. So that is a bit... Um, a bit sad, a bit sad in some ways that it's only Tuesday. But anyway, never mind. I'm sure I'll cope. Um, I'm sure I'll cope with that with that issue um, one more time, and I'll get used to it. So uh, we're coming up to half seven. Uh, don't forget to listen into the Twitter Spaces, which are straight on after this on Twitter uh, with Emily. Um, have a lovely evening. Thanks for joining me as usual. And if you didn't join me live, thanks for downloading the show and listening that way. Massively appreciate it. Thanks. See you all later. You've been listening to Teachers Talk Radio. Tune in live and listen back at ttradio.org. We look forward to hearing from you next time on Teachers Talk Radio.